What are the key regulatory issues facing benefit advisors today and how do they represent an opportunity for growth? We'll find out on the first of our regular quarterly looks at legislation and regulation on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. Announcing Ascend, the Agency Growth and Leadership Summit that's coming to Nashville, Tennessee this January. Ascend is a fresh, interactive experience exclusively for benefit agency leaders and focused on providing practical and proven strategies to help you maximize your growth. This isn't just a bunch of talking heads. It's a hands-on, take-it-home-and-implement-it ideas and tools meeting. I'm going to be there, and I'm so psyched about this meeting that I've arranged a special discount just for Shift Shapers listeners. To get all of the details, go to www.shiftshapersonline.com and click on the Ascend logo at the top right. Hey, thanks for being among the thousands of Shift Shapers listeners who tune in each week to hear the top subject matter experts in our industry talk about ideas, techniques, and best practices that help you to build your knowledge base and your practice. I know many of you subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so that you get each week's podcast delivered as soon as it goes live. And that's a great way to get the jump on every new episode. To make it even easier, and for those of you who may not be iTunes or Stitcher users, we've added an exciting new feature to the ShiftShapersOnline.com website. If you click the new subscribe button, we'll automatically notify you the minute each new episode is published, and we'll also send you a short description showing who we're chatting with and what we're discussing. And it will let us notify you about some upcoming special offers, online content, and webinars we're building just for ShiftShapers listeners. So go to www.shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. Our motto is listen, learn, profit. Now you have a way to do that ahead of the crowd. Subscribe today. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're very, very excited to have Jessica Waltman join us. Jessica's an old friend. She is principal at Forward Health Consulting, and many of you know her after 16 distinguished years as Senior Vice President of Government Affairs for our organization, for the National Association of Health Underwriters, she started Forward Health Consulting. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you, David, for having me on your show. I'm so excited. It's our pleasure. In brief, why do you form Forward Health Consulting? What's the purpose? Well, I think there's a lot of tools out there for brokers and for employers to use to tell them about the provisions of the Affordable Care Act and all the related regulations and all the new junk that we have to deal with. But there's also using those tools effectively and getting clients and employers on the right track. And I think it really requires the personal touch and sometimes a little bit more of in-depth research or tweaking things specific to your clients and to your employer's needs. So I thought there was a need out there to help brokers and employers with all the new things that the market has for us to offer moving forward. And I, I actually see there's a lot of opportunity out there. And so I wanted to work with people that see that opportunity and want to help employers do the right thing by their clients. Well, is there a big vacuum out there in terms of information? Do you see that? I think there's a ton of information out there. 
Is it easy for you to use? Is it easy for your clients to understand? Is it something that relates back directly to their situations? Can you take the examples and really apply them to your situation? Can you go out and meet with a new prospective client and use those tools to help them land the client and then help them move forward? You know, I do think that there's definitely the need for the personal relatable touch to get, you know, it's very, very complicated, unfortunately, out there now for both brokers and their clients. So is being able to provide those kinds of consulting services for clients and to explain all of the, as you call it, junk we have to deal with, which is a great way to explain it, because I think that's the way most of us see it. Has that now almost become table stakes if you're going to be a benefit advisor? Do you kind of have to have that in order to be able to get in the game? Well, I definitely think it gives you the advantage. And there's a lot of people out there that are giving advice and providing information, but are they doing it well? Are they doing it in the way that best meets their clients' needs? I do think it's something that everybody is going to have to embrace. It's not as easy out there as it used to be for brokers or for employers on so many levels. And, and unfortunately, if you look down the pike, it's only going to get more complicated. But again, if you're in this business, you can view that as a huge hassle or you can view it as a huge opportunity. And I see it as a huge opportunity to design benefit plans that best meet people's needs and you know, also deal with all the junk that we have to deal with now. So if there are some basics, before we delve into a couple of particular pieces of ACA happiness that are floating around and kind of in the rearview mirror and nearer than they might appear, on a basic level, what are you seeing that's the most usual issue? Is it, does it have to do with plan docs? Well, I mean, that's one thing that I think that every broker and employers should check into. I mean, it's just one of the most basic things, and it's something that so many employers do not have or do not have up to date, where they think, oh, I've got my summary benefits and coverage from the carrier. That's fine, right? No, it's not. So, you know, you have to have very specific things. This was before ACA. I mean, this is, goes back to 1974 with ERISA. So, you know, it's over 40 years old. You have to have a summary plan description. You have to have very specific elements in it. If you modify it, you have to make material modifications. These are things that should be part of every employer's plan, and so many don't have it. And the funny thing is, now the Department of Labor is starting to check, but also some of the new requirements that are coming down the pike, like the excise tax, they're going to be looking at those plan docs. So it's just a very basic thing that brokers can do is check to see with their clients, do they have them? And then also start using it as a prospecting tool. Just getting that out of the way is one huge hurdle. There's so many other things, notices and whatnot that employers are supposed to be doing. And there's just unfortunately ever increasing scrutiny into the way that plans work. You know, with every new right or um, privilege that the ACA brings to employees, it also gives them the opportunity to kind of scrutinize their own plans that they're getting, their benefits they're getting from their employers. And the easiest way to get triggered for an audit or for the IRS or the DOL to come knocking at your door is for an employee to complain. And even if the employee is complaining about something that's not valid, that could be what brings them in. One of the things that you talk to clients an awful lot about and you you advise folks to use are what you call a compliance checklist. Can you talk a little bit about what that would involve and how your average benefits advisor might use that for their benefit and their client's benefit? 
The brokers that I work with, I've been helping them develop checklists for their clients to just do a checkup to see if their clients have all these things and then also any prospects that they have to see where they are to kind of just assess their not only ACA readiness, but just again, the overall compliance of their plan. So, you know, like I was just saying about the plan documents, I mean, there's the basics. There's also a wide range of notices that either have to be included in your plan docs or delivered to employees at various intervals. Um, You know, sometimes they have to include specific language or specific components. So, you know, you just want to make sure these are not difficult things to do, but there are steps that are often missed. And the crazy thing is that the penalties for not doing this stuff are wild. I mean, they can be up to $100 a day per affected beneficiary. And for small employers, there's an an ultimate cap. For large employers, there's not. The federal government says that their goal, the Department of Labor says that their goal is to get health plans into compliance and to, to do corrective action. So it's not supposed to be punitive necessarily. But there can be not only enormous financial consequences for the employer, but you can actually have, you know, criminal issues. So there, you know, you can be prosecuted. So there are some really significant responsibilities for employers. And, you know, if they can show willful disregard that your employer client just said, oh, I'm just not doing that, the consequences are huge. So, again, it's not to scare people, but there is this huge financial component. And right now, because of the way things are going in Washington, you know, the Department of Labor, the the IRS, I mean, they're scrounging around DHHS looking under the couch cushions for money. These fines bring in hundreds of millions of dollars to the federal government each year. They say that their goal is to look at every plan within the next 10 years. Is this possible? I have no idea. But I do know that there is just much higher incidence of auditing by the Department of Labor. They share memorandums of understanding with the IRS. So the Department of Labor comes in, then the IRS can come in second. And there's big consequences for employers. Plus, I mean, they are supposed to be doing the right thing. So just getting this all in line, it's a way to show value to your clients and it's an opportunity. So let's kind of drill in a little bit. And I think the thing that's happened most recently that I think most folks in the business would consider a win would be the recent law that passed that will allow states to define small group rather than having the federal government define it. What are the ramifications of that? Well, I think it's a great thing in terms of keeping rates lower for all employers. But I do know that there's some brokers and there's some other people that are looking at it kind of, you know, both ways. So, you know, obviously before we always define the small group market, well, the states really could have done whatever they wanted, but all the states capped the small group market at 50 lives. And then if you were above 50, your experience rated to a degree. I um, you know, we all know that it wasn't necessarily you, you got 50 lives and then you became fully experience rated. But anyway, there, there was a whole different way of looking at rates. With the ACA, we put in modified community rating in every state's small group market, and there's a price consequence. Some states didn't really see that price consequence right away because they were allowed those grandmothered plans, and there are employers and employees that are still in grandmother plans. In some states, that was cut off right away. Other states, it's been allowed to continue. So you have kind of a wide degree of price variation in the small group market. But when you saw those that modified community rating come into play, everywhere it came into play, you saw the prices go up. 
that's why you saw in those other states people clinging to those grandfather or grandmother plants so that they would not see that huge cost increase. What was about to just happen was in all these states, not only would that 50 to 100 segment go into the small grower market so they would lose their ability to experience rate, then you know grandmothering is going away they would get this double whammy of a cost increase. Now, some people will say, okay, but groups in that size, they can self-fund and they could take themselves out of it. What I would say though, and why should we do this? You know, Why shouldn't we just make the modified community rated marketplace go up to 100 lives? You know, I have a group of 75 and they are full of older, sicker people and they don't do well in an experience rated market. They might do better in a modified community rated plan. And, you know, my healthy group of 75, I can just put them in a level funded product and they'll be happy. I think that if you look at that, it, you know, that might be a very easy way to look at it, but it's kind of short sighted about the market long term because any group can fluctuate back and forth, particularly at that size. And going in and out of the self-funded market isn't, you know, one-term deal. And a lot of employers of that size, while self-funding can be a wonderful option for them, there's plenty that don't belong in that marketplace. And you know, or it might not be the best choice for them right now. You want to make sure that marketplace is stable. And so allowing that marketplace to function as it does now, which was not the marketplace that was having a problem, you know, pre-ACA you know, continues that option for everyone. And now a word from our sponsor. Imagine a place where you could discover proven business building strategies and pick the minds of top benefit agency leaders in the industry to maximize your own firm's growth and success. Well, now there is such a place. Announcing Ascend, the Agency Growth and Leadership Summit coming to Nashville, Tennessee this January. Ascend will be hosted by my friends Nelson Griswold and Scott Cantrell, Authors of the industry best-selling book, Do or Die, Reinventing Your Benefits Agency for Post-Reform Success, and founders of one of the most successful marketing and sales consultancies in the industry, Bottom Line Solutions. Ascend is a fresh, interactive experience exclusively for benefit agency leaders and focused on providing practical and proven strategies to help you maximize your growth. I'm going to be there, and I'm so excited about this totally different type of meeting that I've arranged a special discount just for Shift Shapers listeners. This event is invitation only, so there is an application process to attend. To get all of the details, go to www.shiftshapersonline.com and click on the Ascend logo at the top right of the page. See you in Nashville. And now, back to our interview. A couple of other things that are uh, one that's really in our face and one that is more in our face than I think a lot of people realize. So let's start with the first one which is the 1094C and 1095C reporting. From you know your clients that you speak to and from your practice, how ready would you say most employers are and how big a load of trouble are we in? Well, it's really a lot of work, right? And I think that I know a lot of brokers that are working very, very hard right now to take care of their clients. And there's some excellent products out there on the market to help employers with this huge burden. However, I am worried about employers out there in general. You know, while we're talking today, it's it's the early fall, and vendors are already starting to kind of close out their employer reporting caseload for the year ahead. So I'm worried as we get closer to the reporting deadline this winter that there are thousands and thousands of employers out there 
that don't have a solution. And unfortunately, you know, maybe someday this will be just as easy to an employer as generating a W-2. But how many employers really generate their own W-2s? Not very many. And it's theoretically easier. This is the first time anybody is really doing this. It's a lot of work. And employers should have been tracking their hours and, and keeping tabs on this all year. But many haven't. So again, it's a lot for the employer. I don't think the employers have really all absorbed it yet. Again, the fines for noncompliance are quite steep. And so I think that it's a great opportunity right now for brokers to do outreach with new clients and their existing clients to make sure that they're okay in this regard. Well, and the fines aren't just steep. The fines just recently doubled, didn't they? Yes, they did. And that's another important thing to note. The fines doubled and they were just tacked into an unrelated piece of legislation and they're really, really high. And I think it's a good example of how our politicians are looking for money everywhere. And those fines can go up again. And similar to the ones I was talking about, other compliance issues, the liability for employers is very, very large and it's only getting larger. But it does, as you said correctly, I think represent a huge opportunity for benefit advisors. It does. So the third thing, and probably the thing that, you know, if you look in your rearview mirror, it says objects are closer than they appear. This is one of them is, and we're just starting to talk about it, is the Cadillac tax. What's going on with that on the Hill? And, you know, what should benefit advisors and employers be thinking about? Right. So the excise tax is coming up. And in Washington speak, they still think it's very far away because we've watched Washington, you know, time and time again, wait until the very last minute to take care of something and then not even necessarily take care of it completely. So, so many examples. But the excise tax is scheduled to take effect in 2018. So really only a little bit more than two years away. And if you think employer reporting is bad, the excise tax is just unbelievable. And we have a great repeal effort going on. There is a wide range of, you know, left, right, Republican, Democrat, union, large employer, small employer, all kinds of people favoring the repeal of the excise tax. There is bipartisan legislation. If you total it all up, you know, win, no problem. But there are a couple of major obstacles with that repeal legislation. First of all, President Obama has come out and said that he does not favor the repeal. So that's number one. He could very well veto it if it passed. Number two, a lot of, while there's a huge bipartisan support for it in Congress, if you look at the congressional leadership, you know, the head of the Ways and Means Committee, who right now hasn't decided whether or not he'd like to be the Speaker of the House yet. But in either case, he's either the chair of the Ways and Means Committee or he could be the Speaker of the House. Paul Ryan is not necessarily in favor of fully repealing the Cadillac tax. He'd like it to be part of comprehensive tax reform, which he can't do right now. So he's not interested in advancing that legislation. And if he is interested in advancing it, and he's not the only person, if you look at all of the Republican presidential candidate health plan proposals that have been released to date, they all talk about, yes, getting rid of the Cadillac tax or the excise tax, but they talk about replacing it with a cap on the employer exclusion. And so this is the part that, you know, so first of all, that could very much affect employers' abilities to offer coverage. And it's that is in and of itself a really big problem, just as big of a problem as the excise tax. But it's not just the excise tax, and it's not just a cap. The tax in and of itself is bad, 
But what is worse, I think, for brokers and their employer clients is the tracking and the valuing and the work that they are going to have to do, even if they are offering a plan that should be under the cap. It is so complicated to value your plan, put it all together, document, notify, figure out if you have to pay the tax. If you do, you know how you divvy that out behind, between all the components of your plan. It is madness. It makes employer reporting look so simple, and we don't even have all the details yet. So it's a huge looming thing that brokers and their employer clients need to be aware of, and we should definitely support everything we could to get it repealed. But I'm not sure that that's going to happen quick enough, and you have to start getting prepared. And there's so many things that brokers and employers can do right now to just start thinking about it. We know what the statutory caps were, so a lot of calculators are coming out to see if your plan meets those caps or might meet the cap if they were you know, adjusted for inflation. That's one thing. But it's also the structure of the plan and what's going to be counted in the value of the plan. So looking at different plan components, you know, whether it be a worksite clinic or your wellness program, do you have an HSA? Does the employer offer an FSA? Do they have an HRA? You know, what will be the consequences? How will they be valued? We don't have all the answers yet, but a smart broker that's getting ahead of the curve, you can read the guidance that's come out from the IRS. You can look to see what they've said about it. You, know, you can talk to people to find out more information and you can start preparing your clients now because they're going to have compliance costs to value all of this. Another thing is they're looking at, they're going to tie it possibly to COBRA rates, how you're constructing those COBRA rates. The rate that you use for COBRA may not necessarily want to be the rate that you use to value your plan for the payment of a tax. You know, Do you need to make some adjustments? So there's a lot employers can do now and a lot and brokers can start to prepare them because you don't want to be making a huge dramatic change to your plan in 2018 and it will need your reaction to the tax looming. There's things that you can do now to look at your overall plan design and structure and prepare for it thoughtfully. There's just so, so much to talk about here. And for that reason, let me spill the beans a little bit and let our audience know that Jessica has kindly agreed to come back on the program on a quarterly basis, so she'll be able to update us on all of the goings-on in Washington and all the different things that we all have to keep in mind as we do our, our work with our clients and with our prospects. With that, Jessica, thank you so much. Jessica Waltman, Principal of Forward Health Consulting, just thanks for being part of the program today. We appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me, David. I really enjoyed it. The Shift Shapers Podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltsmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the ship shapers to work in your business.